All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses, those that join us each week online. I want to welcome you guys to the sixth and the final message in our series entitled Winning Over Worry. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us live? Baton Rouge, our Gulf Coast campus, New West Esplanade campus, Bay St. Louis, so excited to have all of you with us. We are finishing up today our series, and it's been six weeks, and, and you know, in the very beginning of the series, I, I began to lay out some principles, some things that we were going to look at over six weeks, and I sent a couple statements, and I think it's, it merits going back and, and rehearsing some of those. Here's, here's what I said. Week one, all of us face challenges and adversity in situations in our life. By the way, regardless of your phase of life, regardless of your stage in life. But here's the deal. Here's how worry lies to us. Worry speaks to us, by the way. And here's what worry says. Worry says, if you'll just worry about this problem. In other words, if you'll just worry enough about this situation that you're in, that somehow that worry is going to push the ball down the field. It's actually just the opposite. What I found in my life is that the more that I worry, it actually divides the soul. It, it divides the mind. It saps spiritual power and energy. Matter of fact, what it does is it shuts down your higher critical thinking skills. You don't even make as good decisions when you worry. And that's why. And that's why we've been talking about the antidote to worry, and that's the presence of Jesus. I, I'm going to give you another scripture. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, I love this verse. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Listen to this. Paul writes, he says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. By the way, not just for an hour and eight minutes on Sunday. How many are grateful for that? It's not just that we experience peace just when we're in church and we're singing, oh, pastor, man, I can't wait till this week when, on, on Wednesday and Thursday and the Christmas services and and man, it's so exciting. And pastor, I, I mean, the, the, when, we get, when we get there, we feel so peaceful. That's wonderful. But God wants to give you his peace, whether you're in church or not. Whether you're watching online or not, the peace of God in every situation and in every place. Paul says, the Lord be with you all. Now, I've been teaching the last couple of weeks out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. By the way, very famous verse uh, that pastors and priests and preachers use during the Christmas season. There are Christmas carols that use this verse. There are hymns that use this verse. Unto us, a child is born. It's a very powerful verse. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of backdrop one more time. In the Old Testament, there are what are considered prophetic verses. A prophetic verse is, is a verse in the Bible that speaks to the current context in which it was written, the prophet Isaiah. He, he was writing to a people that were going through a transitionary time, a tough time, and, and, he, and he wrote to them. But the prophetic aspects is that verse also applied to 700 years after he wrote that, namely when Christ was born. So Isaiah, anointed and inspired by the Holy Spirit, I want to look at this verse one more time. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Very powerful verse. Here's, here's what the scripture says. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. 
and his name. Everyone say name. Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment. There are distinct names that Isaiah, again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he, he, he gives names that the Christ child, that Jesus is going to be named. He says, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called, number one, wonderful, counselor, mighty God. Let me pause there just for a moment. There's a comma and I'm going to talk to you about something. During the Christmas season, we talk a lot about what? The birth of Christ. Now, what you think about this? This is so important. We talk about the birth of Christ. I'm going to teach this week in, in, in my 20-minute Christmas Eve message. I'm going to talk about the, the, the relevance of Christmas and the birth of Christ. Matter of fact, last week with Mary and Joseph, and I try to add humor into my messages. We, we, we talked about what it would be like for a, a, a pregnant mom to, to have to travel on a dog. We're, we're talking about, during the Christmas season, the birth of Christ, the Christ child. And yet I find this verse so intriguing because, and I saw this afresh this week as I was just going over this message, there's something about this verse in light of the Christmas season, in light of talking about the birth of Christ, watch what Isaiah calls one of the names, one of the names that Isaiah is to be, that Isaiah calls Jesus. Watch this, watch this. He says, mighty God, everlasting father. Wait a minute. So Jesus, Jesus is mighty God, but also the everlasting father and the prince of peace. I'll never forget year two of Church of the King. Maybe it was year two, year two to three. I, I was shaking hands uh, in the foyer afterwards, and there was a lady that came up to me, and um, she was very honest and transparent. Here's what she said. She said, Pastor, when you talk about when you talk about Jesus, man, I just love it. Man, my heart starts pumping. I get excited because I know what I was like. And, and, I, and I'm so grateful for salvation. I'm, I'm grateful for the forgiveness of Christ. I'm, I'm so grateful because I, I, the cleansing blood of Jesus. Pastor, when we sing songs about the blood of Christ and, and, and the forgiveness that's afforded to me in the gospel, when I trust Christ is my Savior. And here's what she said. She goes, and I love, Pastor Steve, I love when you do messages about the Holy Spirit. Man, it's so powerful, the, the, the Holy Spirit. And Pastor, I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the gifts of the Spirit. I need the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But can I be honest? Pastor Steve, when you start talking about the Father, man, that's hard for me. Matter of fact, it's so painful for me. It's almost like I want to block out parts of even what you're saying. I'm like, wow. And here's what she said. She said, the truth is, Pastor, my relationship with my father was so painful. It was so rough. That just the thought of the name father, that my earthly father, it was so rough just it, it's I have such a hard time not transferring those experiences, those pains. And when I think of God, the father, pastor, it's just painful. I said, honey, you know, let me tell you what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to renew your mind and cleanse your thinking 
Because our Father in heaven, and listen to me, and I've got four kids, and I want to say this to everybody today. I've got four children. There are no perfect dads. I want everybody to know that. I don't care if you think, my dad was the greatest dad in the world. Let me just tell you, we have a tendency to transfer the perspective of our earthly fathers on our heavenly father. And the challenge is, is that we all make mistakes. Matter of fact, I, I, I am a professional repenter in my house. Can I have an amen? Yeah, yeah. So, so let, me, let me tell you what I mean by that. Are you happy for me or for you? But anyway, that's another message. You're like, yeah, you need to repent. Matter of fact, when, when, whenever I mess up with the kids, you know, I, of course, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to, to convict us and, to, and to, to, you know, to tap and say, you know, you need it. But, but, but can I tell you who has a stronger voice in the Holy Spirit? Jennifer. When I don't do right, come on, you know, wait, listen, you were rough with those kids. You just told me to go in there and tell them that. Now, now I'm getting, I can't win. Should I tell them to clean the room or should I not tell them? To Is it the, to, it's the tone the tone. Hey guys, you're amazing. So I don't care. Listen, every dad, listen, you may have had a great dad, but you still had an imperfect dad. Here's what happens. We tend to see God, our father through the lens of our earthly father. You know, I was thinking about this message and illustrating, you know, the lenses that we look through. I, um, th these are actually my glasses. These are, these are, these are reading glasses. And um, it's funny, I was in a Bible study a number of years ago with some guys and <laughs> some, some gentlemen in our church who are a little bit older than me. said, Pastor, said, um, you, you don't wear glasses, do you? I said, I don't wear glasses. I said, and I said, I, I, probably, I probably will never need glasses. And I know it's just prideful. And, and so, and, and one of the guys goes, well, let me tell you what's going to happen to you. And, and he says, when you're in your mid forties, somewhere in there at some point in time, one day, you're just going to, you're just going to need, you're just not going to see as clear. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. And so I remember I was probably 45 and I just, how many, how many were in church? How many remember the day when you were reading something and you looked at it and you did this? Okay, y'all remember that? Okay, okay. It was that day that I went to Walgreens and I got, listen, 1.25s. By the way, I'm still there. Some of y'all are in 6.75s. I thought I just thought I'd just add that as well. So so when I so when I when I use these, this, this is a lens. And by the way, I, I it's it blurs you guys because this is just now this jumps out here, but it's a lens. Glasses are lenses. And, and I can see, I can see you, Ed, I can see you right there. But, but if I put on, if I put on these, these are not intended to see far. You look blurry now. If I put on different, a different lens, and I just thought about this. <laughs> you look like a Martian, Ed. I just thought I'd share it. You're not even a real person there. I do. No, this is, this is blurry. This is very blurry. It looks, it looks funny. Now, let me ask you a question. Has Ed, Ed, raise your hand. Come on, everybody online seeing Ed down here. Okay, Ed. Okay, here it is. Okay, here it is. Listen, listen. Has Ed moved further or closer to me in the last 30 seconds? He hasn't changed. What's changed is what I'm seeing through. 
Does that make sense? Matter of fact, it's, it, has, it has nothing to do. And, 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 I can, and I can blame it. Now watch this. I could put on these. Yeah, these are cool. I can't see you at all now. <laughs> Something was shining earlier, a halo. I can't see any. It's just kind of muted. Are you with me? It's not changed. My lens has changed. That, that, that's why you can hear a message about the love of God. You can hear about Jesus loves you. Jesus is for you. Somebody can see it through one lens. and Somebody can see and hear it through another lens. Question. When you think of God the Father. Do you think of him through a biblical lens? Or do you think of him through an earthly lens? It's interesting. I was, um, I was thinking about the different aspects that we tend to have. And there are some, I would call, imperfections that we all have as dads as we seek to communicate love to our children. But, but maybe, maybe if you're honest, you would say, Pastor, you know what? My earthly father was never satisfied with me. I felt like, man, if I, if, I, if, I, if I pitched well, I should have done a little bit better. If I, if I, if I made an, an A and a B, I shouldn't have made the B. I should have just made the A. As a matter of fact, I feel like my whole life was just this, this one ball tied up of me trying to strive and strive and do better. And better. Why is that? Because I was looking and longing for those words. I'm proud of you. Love you. You've done a good job. Matter of fact, there's a girl, a true story named Sarah. Her dad was a good man, but uh, non-communicative, didn't really communicate much affection and affirmation. And he was there. He provided, but he did not verbally express his love and belief in her. She became a high achiever, high performer. She, I mean, she hit it out the park which is very characteristic of people, again, even talented people that are, that are really super talented, that are just striving. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with excellence. There's nothing wrong with, but, but, but oftentimes when we unpack, sometimes there's this longing to hear some words that were elusive when they were young. And this girl, Sarah, she, she was a 4.0 student. She had honors. I mean, she was just amazing in achievement. And her dad came to her graduation. She was so excited. True story. Her dad came to the graduation. And of course, she, you know, what is it? Magna cum laude. I mean, she's just the whole or summa cum laude. She's at the top. And, and 4-0. And she walks off the stage. And her family, it kind of her immediate family, uh, and a little bit of extended, had gathered on one side of the stage. And they, were, and, and they were there. And she walked up to her dad. And she was like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. It's like my whole entire life. And her dad says, well, it's, it's getting late now. We really need to get going. Let's go ahead and get in the car and, and get back home. A 4-0. She worked so hard. But see, her earthly dad was never satisfied. And what happens is when we grow up in an environment like that, we, we tend to transfer that on our heavenly father. 
Well, pastor, I don't know if God loves me. I've not prayed enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not witnessed enough. I've not shared my faith enough. I've not done enough. But here's what I found is that in Christ, we are complete. That, 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 that there's nothing that I can do or not do. Watch this, that God no longer loves me. But maybe you grew up in a home like that and it's tough. And maybe it wasn't a home like that, but maybe your dad was just always angry. I, I, I've, my gosh, counseled people over the years. And man, it's like, you know, you walk in and your mom's like, shh, 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 don't, don't say a word. Dad is sleeping and you wake him up all we're in church, but you can say it's in the Bible. You can say all hell's going to break loose. That's right. And, and, and if you cause that, oh gosh, I don't want to make dad mad. So you walk in the house and you walk through life and you walk into your job and you walk into your marriage, you walk into wherever and you think, my gosh, you know, and, and, and pastor talks about praying and, and going to our father in heaven and, and the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven. And you think, if he is anything like him, oh, man, is he ticked off. Maybe you felt like God was dissatisfied or maybe you feel like God is always angry with you. Here's another one. Maybe you grew up in a home and your earthly father was just seldom there. Wasn't like there was a lot of conflict. Wasn't like there was a lot of words that were negative. He just wasn't there. Matter of fact, Coach Tom Mullins, who's a pastor for a long time, and, and um, his son now, Pastor Church Christ Fellowship, I had an opportunity a couple days last week, actually two weeks ago, to spend with him, and, and I was talking about his upbringing. And we were chatting a little bit about his upbringing, and here's what he said to me. He goes, Steve, my dad and I, we didn't have a lot of conflict. The truth is, he was a truck driver. He was just never around. I really never knew what he thought about me. It wasn't like there was a lot of conflict. It was just, he just wasn't there. He goes, now, thank God I had a, a great spirit, a great grandfather and really provided a lot of role. But my dad, and I, and I began to think about when I was doing this message. My parents were divorced when I was, I was four. My brother was six. And my mom was remarried a year or so later, a year or two later. And many of you guys know my stepdad, and I've had a good relationship. It's been rocky at times, but, but you know, growing up, but, but it got better and better. And of course, we have a fantastic relationship today. He's a good man, loves God. And, but my, my blood father, it was interesting. He stayed in our life from when I was four until I was 12. Every other weekend, he would come. And then when I was 12, he disappeared literally disappeared. He would call every two weeks and he lived in New York. And of course he would call and my brother and I would kind of get back and forth on the phone. Then in the summertime, he'd spend two weeks with us. And so I remember a conversation with my brother. I'm 12. My brother's 14. I said, Keith, have you, have you heard from, from dad lately? He goes, man, I, man, I haven't. So it went to another month and another month. And then it went through the whole entire year. Then I went through 13 and 14. I remember when I was 15, my mom sat us down and actually said to us, said, Steve, if you want, you, Steve and Keith, if you guys want, like, I can get like a private investigator. Literally, he moved. He wasn't living in New York. There was no way to get him. There was no phone number. There was nothing. We didn't know if he was dead. We knew nothing. 
And, and I got to tell you something, as a kid, even if you have a step parent who's a good parent, there's something that registers in your mind. You almost think, did I do something? Where, where did he go? And, and there were seeds of that, I think, that I even transferred onto my relationship with God in heaven. I was 18 years old and I, and I got a letter from my dad and he explained kind of where he'd been and it's kind of an elaborate thing that, but, 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 but maybe your dad, listen, maybe your dad was never satisfied with you. Maybe your dad was angry or maybe he just wasn't there. The good news is, is that our minds can be renewed. The good news is, is that as we spend time in the presence of God and as we spend time in the word of God, our minds can be renewed. Watch this. And all of those faulty thoughts about who God the father is can be cleansed. Again, I want to say this. No earthly father is perfect. We all need healing in our mind and in our soul. But let me tell you, by the way, let me tell you, our heavenly father is perfect. How many are grateful for that? Our heavenly father. I want to give you guys three things before I close about Jesus, our everlasting father. Number one, our everlasting father is compassionate. He's compassionate at all of our campuses. I want to do this with you guys. I think this is so important because this is, this is one of the things, man, I tell you in counseling, and I've taken a lot of pastoral counseling classes. One of the things where anxiety is often rooted is when you perceive that people in authority are impatient with you and you don't relax. Listen, I, I, I want to read this scripture. I'm going to ask everybody at all of our campuses. This is where our minds need to be renewed. We, we need to get God's perspective on how he relates to us, of how he sees us. Can we read this together? I'm going to ask everybody, those online, all of our physical locations, we're going to read Psalms 103 eight together. Can we do that? The count of three. Come on. One, two, three. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. I had a guy tell me one time, I just feel like God is, listen, he's just ready to get us. No, I said, let me tell you, God's not trying to get you. He's actually trying to bless you. It's not that God is out to get you. God is out to bless you. Do you know the Holy Spirit is actually called the divine helper? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is for us, not against us. And maybe that was a perspective that you had as a kid. You thought, oh my gosh, I'm just always... No, 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 no. The Bible says the Lord is patient. The Lord is gracious. Slow to anger. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it with others that Pastor, I just don't know if I can do enough. I don't know if I can read the Bible enough. I don't know if I can share my faith enough. I don't know if I can pray enough. Can I tell you something? We don't read the Bible to please God. When we read the Bible, we find out how pleasing we are to God in Christ. It's a totally different starting point. And when we realize that God is patient with us, God loves us, and God cares for us. Matter of fact, here's what I want to do. Each point, I've got just a couple points. We're going to make a confession, all right? So I want everybody at all of our campuses, I want you guys to make this confession with me. Say, in Christ, come on louder, say, in Christ, I am complete. By the way, Colossians 2.10, Paul says, in Christ, you are complete. You're not insufficient. You're not inadequate. In and of ourselves, we are, but not in Christ. In Christ, you're more than capable. 
In Christ, you're not only loved. In Christ, you're empowered. You're complete in Christ. You're not inferior. Listen, you're complete in Christ. Number one, the Bible says very clearly that the Lord The Lord is compassionate. Number two, the second thing here is our everlasting father is not only compassionate, but he's caring. Probably year 10 of the church and probably about 10 years ago, I was teaching, I was teaching through the Lord's prayer. I've actually done it twice. I want to do it again. Oh man, it's a series. So many people watch it because they're praying through the Lord's prayer. It's not just lines to say, but it's topics to pray through. And and I, I remember when I was uh, on the point about give us a stay our daily bread. And this guy came up to me after and said, Pastor, man, that, that was so inspiring today. But can, can I be honest? I don't, know, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to pray that because after all, there's some people I'm sure in India that are really struggling worse than me. And I remember saying to him, I said, sir, can I say this respectfully? God can take care of somebody in India and he can take care of somebody in the United States simultaneously. God is not shortened in that. Everybody say, God cares. You know, I, I, um, I have favorite verses. Do you guys have favorite life verses? I have favorite life verses. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You guys will hear me say that. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Romans 8, 28, you know. God can make all things, you know, work together for good to those who love God. Pastor, why is that one of your favorite verses? Because I make some mistakes a lot. I, I mean, and I, I'm so grateful for that. We walk by faith. Second Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things. I mean, there are favorite verses that we have. Do you know one of my favorite verses? It applies to this point. When I was 20 years old, I was asked by my singles pastor at the time if I would speak at a workshop that we were doing in a singles retreat. And man, I was so excited. I've been a Christian for two, about two years. And, and, and he said, he goes, I want you to speak. He goes, here's what you need. You need a title for the message. You need a scripture and you need some points. I said, I can do that. I think I can do that. So I said, I'll never forget my message title. Here it is. You guys ready? Seeking, discovering, and receiving God's wonderful plan for your life. Amen. Was that profound? Did y'all feel that when I read that? Did did, did y'all? Okay, here it is. But let me give you the scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11. And let me tell you why I love that scripture. I'm going to read it because God cares about your life. Let me tell you why I'm going to read it. Do you know when God used the prophet Jeremiah to speak that to the children of Israel? It was when they were in captivity. In other words, they had made some poor choices. They were in captivity And God still had a great plan for their life. Pastor, if I do everything right, and if I dot all of, listen, my I's and cross all my T's, and and then, and then, and only then, I'm sure. Is then God still going to have a great plan for my, no, no, God has a wonderful plan for your life. God cares about your life. Listen to me. Whether you're in the mountaintop or in the valley, God has a plan for your life. And he cares about your life. So here it is. You guys ready? Here's the scripture. A lot of times we struggle with the reality of what is God thinking about me? What is God's thoughts about me? In my marriage, you know, there's times when Jennifer and I will go on a date. I'm like, okay, just tell me everything that you're thinking. That's a lot. But anyway, so I'll just, I'll just, Pastor Steve, what is, what is, what does God think about me? In other words, if, if God could just open his, here it is, here it is. 
If God can open his mind and just pour it out. What is God thinking about me? Here's what he says. For I know the thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. Here it is. Here's God's thoughts. Here's what God's thinking about you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Oh, man. God's thoughts. God's thoughts towards me are good. I'm his child. I'm his son. You guys ever heard this before? I know you have. How many have heard this? I'm going to ask one more question. How many have ever heard like father, like son? Come on, raise your hand up. Okay. Now, ladies, don't get offended by that because I got to be honest. My three older children, my three older children, my son, my oldest son looks like a spitting image of my wife's grandfather. If you saw a picture, it's, it's, it's just like, wow. My other son, my younger one looks a little bit like me as a blend. My daughter looks like a female Steve Robinson. Okay. So, so it's not a male female thing. Y'all, y'all with me? So you, you know how this goes. So, so I don't want anybody. Okay. But, but now watch this. And, and when we, as parents, here's what we do as parents, DNA, you know, DNA transfer. So isn't it interesting when your kids will get like different characteristics, you know, they may get different aspects of, you know, whether it's hair color, different things, you know, and, 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 and different propensities and athleticism, different things. Matter of fact, my son, I won't tell you his name is, but it's the older one. He said one time, he said to me one time, he actually said this. He's dad, I'm really upset with you. He's probably a junior or sophomore in high school. I said, why? Why, What did I do this time? He goes, he goes, because I just wish, man, dad, I just wish you were like better in football. Okay, this would have been four years ago. I'm I'm like 47. I said, what do you mean better in football? He goes, because I just feel like all the guys on the team that are like amazing. Their dads were amazing. First of all, I was pretty good. So let's just get that straight. I may have not been amazing, but I probably would have whipped every one of their tails. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I said, son, I said, first of all, he goes, no, I really mean this. Like all the guys on the team, they're like, they're, they're, their dads were like incredible athletes. I mean, you were pretty good, but I feel limited by my genes. He literally told me this. He said, I feel like I'm capped. And I said, so work ethic has nothing to do with this. It's me, basically, that is holding you back. I didn't even know how to respond. Now, the truth is, the truth is, there is some truth to my athletic. There's some truth. There's some truth to that. But here's the good news. Listen. When you get born, everybody say born again. Now, this is the truth. When you get born again, how many are grateful that you get God's DNA? Come on. Are you, are you with me? With all of his power and potential. You don't become God, but you're one of God's kids. And let me tell you something. You talk to parents. Let me tell you something. Parents, we'll do anything for our kids, right? Sometimes too much. But let me tell you, this is important. That's how much God cares about you. Everybody say God is compassionate. Say, God is 
caring. Let me give you this last thing, and this is so important. What am I trying to do? I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get us to remove all of the lenses that have affected our perspective of God. Let me give you this last and final one. I hope this has been helpful for you. But by the way, say, in Christ, I am complete. Say, in Christ, I am loved and cared for. It's important to make those confessions. Let me give you this third and final thing, and I'll close. Our everlasting Father is always there. Always. Doesn't matter how you perform. Doesn't matter how well you perform. Even when we blow it sometimes by doing dumb things, we all do. He's there. I love what King David wrote in Psalms 139, verse 7. So powerful. Here's what King David wrote. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Please don't miss this. He said, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Pastor, I don't know what happened. I, I grew up, I went to Sunday school. I, I remember giving my heart to Christ at a vacation Bible school. I, Pastor, I, I can remember what it felt like to have the baptismal waters on my head as I, I came out and I made a public, a public profession of my faith in Jesus. But, um, but you know how it goes sometimes. It's just, went through my teenage years and things got tough. And Pastor Steve, I mean, I just started getting hurt in my heart and started kind of walling myself off and started making judgments against people because of where my life was. And, and then I started getting banged up in relationships as an adult and disappointed professionally in some things. And, and uh, the truth is, is that my life ended up right now, Pastor, it's way apart from where I thought it would end up. And the truth is, I'm not even sure where God is. <laughs> the reason why I like this verse so good, this is written by, this is written by King David. By the way, who knew what it was like to be on the top. And he knew what it was like to make his bed in hell. Yeah. Read about David. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there, God. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses. I'm almost finished. If a spouse has forsaken you, if a child has forsaken you, if a business associate's forsaken you, if a sibling's forsaken you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Jesus hasn't forsaken you. God loves you. He cares for you. And he is with you. And he is walking with you. And he wants to help you get out of the situation you're in. How many of y'all are grateful for that? That's what Jesus has done. I love that scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. It says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll close with this. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. 
I, um, I, I remember when I was at Bible school and I, I, I went to college and graduated. Then I went to Bible school. Then I actually went to seminary after. So I remember when I was in the middle phase in Bible school, I remember looking up and seeing all of these young preachers. And I thought to myself, I thought, they're so holy. These guys came from the greatest families and everything was wonderful. And, and I remember not only what I walked through, but the decisions I made and the choice I made. I'm not blaming my parents. We had some tough times and some good times, but I made some real bad choices. And I remember thinking to myself, I thought, man, I feel so disadvantaged. I feel kind of behind the curve. You ever felt like that before? I felt like I was just behind. And I remember this preacher was preaching and he talked about Joshua, how Joshua was called by God after Moses died to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. He felt insecure. I knew where I was. That's how I felt. He felt inadequate. That's how I felt. And it was this verse. And I remember when he preached this verse and it exploded on the inside of me. See, the word of God, listen to me, this is stronger than your inadequacy. This is greater than your inferiority. Are you with me? This is, this is, this is mightier than your insecurities. And it can cut through that and wash that away so that, that you, can, you can see God for who he is. And you can see yourself for who you are as God's child. And I remember this preacher used this verse and it was, it was Joshua who was scared because that's how I felt. And the scripture was, no man shall stand before you all the days of your life, Joshua. As I was with Moses, as I'm with all those anointed young preachers up there, so I'm going to be with you, Steve. In spite of your past, in spite of your choices, in spite of some of the things that you've gone through and that you experienced. And I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. There's a confidence, not in your own strength, but as a child of God that comes. How many are grateful for God's power and God's confidence in our life? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now, and I'm going to declare one last thing over you. and The blessing of the Lord. I, I love this in Numbers chapter 6. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads. Just as your pastor, I want to declare this over your life again. If you need prayer, we're here for you as a church. I would declare number six, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. If you feel comfortable just putting your hands out in front of you like this, I just want to declare the Lord bless you. Yeah. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord gives you his peace. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we live in your blessing, your favor, your goodness. In spite of an earthly father, whether he made good choices or foolish, you're a good God. You're a perfect father. And we look to you and we receive your blessing upon our lives this day. We declare that, Lord. I declare that as their pastor over every man, woman, boy and girl in Jesus name. And everyone said, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that?
We love you guys. We're here for you if you need prayer. We'll see you Wednesday, 2, 4, and 6, or Thursday, 2, 4, and 6 for Christmas Eve services. God bless you guys. What an incredible message from Pastor Steve today. We pray this message encourages you throughout the week. You know what? Once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. We really do pray that you have a great week. Um, and as always, if you need anything, we're here for you. You can always email us at online at churchofthekingcom or just call the church office. It's 985-727-7017. We're here for you guys. And as this is Christmas week, we're super excited about our Christmas services this Wednesday and Thursday. We will have six different opportunities for you to join us either on the 23rd or the 24th at 2, 4, and 6 p.m. Central Time. You can visit churchoftheking.com slash Christmas for more information. Merry Christmas.